we're back again. Yay. A little hiatus. Yeah. A little break. A little, a little time. I'm Lindsay. And I'm Jonah. And uh, I have lost weight. Thanks for asking. Oh, wow. Okay. <laughs> so I haven't I actually lost. That's where we're going with today. <laughs> I, I actually haven't lost weight. I probably gained weight. But that's neither here nor there. I feel like I've been going in the opposite direction, too, so it's fine. <laughs> anyway. But we're back. <laughs> and we're in a new season. Everyone's been waiting for this. Yeah, season three. Holy shit, we're on season three. I know. It's blowing me away, the too. The party continues. Yeah. And we're even at 4,200 downloads. Sweet! As, we're, of, our, as of right meow, we're at 4,229. I'd say... And yes, I just said meow. <laughs> I'd say our goal is to get the... Well, my goal is to get the 8,000... By the end of the by season? By the end of the season. I think that's doable. Yeah. I mean, we didn't expect to get the... 4,200. 4, <laughs> by the end of the last season. So. I guess we got to, what, 30? Was it... 39 or 40. It was 4,000 by the just end of last got season. To, we had just gotten to 4,000 by, by the time we were recording the season Museums finale. Yeah. <laughs> so I don't think 8,000 is that far off. It's I mean, not, who knows? Maybe, not, maybe not. We're not reaching for the stars, but yeah. As, keep downloading episodes, please. That's yeah, what we want. Please. I'm so excited. But uh, <coughs> If you haven't listened to our entire back catalog, now's the best time to download yeah. it. <laughs> <laughs> 24 episodes for your listening pleasure. Exactly. And unlike the last two seasons, this uh, season is very different because it's actually completely themed around a central topic. Yeah, so we decided that uh, since fall 2019 is the 25th anniversary of a number of uh, occasions in Eastern Europe, we decided that it was a great opportunity to try something a little bit different and go with the themed season. So we decided to, we're going to talk about the fall of communism because, yeah. It's important. It's a huge... It's been 25 years, which is kind of crazy yeah. to think that... Yeah. No, it's been longer than that. It's been longer than 25 years. It has been... This is the 30th. 30th. I can't do math. I'm it's really okay. bad at... Wow. I'm sorry, fam. Don't be sorry. I'm a philosopher. I don't do Don't math. be sorry. If you think she needs to be sorry, then... For some reason, I keep saying 25, and I keep thinking 25, and I think it's just because it's like a nice, like... It's like one of those like nice like anniversaries, you know. I think it's, it's like twenty five, fifty, like. Yeah, I think it's because the last like quarter... couple anniversary things we've done is has been the twenty fifth, or like a fiftieth or something, or like with the. I just think in quarters, yeah. right? Like those big, like you know, twenty five, fifty, seventy five, a hundred. Like those are the big anniversaries that people celebrate, right? Yeah. Like, for instance, like it's the hundredth season of the NFL, so it's kind of interesting because they're doing lots of, you know, NFL one hundred and like about the history of the game and history of like different teams and stuff, um, which has been kind of fun actually. But yeah, it's like I just think in quarters like that. So yeah. I guess I'm like 30. I'm like, no, it is a real, it's a real number. It's a real anniversary that needs to be celebrated. Yeah, exactly. Well, what so, else is funny is like... Aside I, from me being useless on that part. <laughs> it's, it's close. It's also close to when we were born, but we didn't live through it. I mean, yeah. most of the stuff we've already, talked about... It already happened like, by the time yeah. we were I mean, born. most of the stuff we've talked about has, like, we didn't live through it. But, but this is different because it really happened, I mean, two years before we were born. Exactly. Well, it's, most of it, anyway. It was, and, like, so close to when we were born. Like, like the... And so I felt that same way about, like, Bosnia, too, though, because the Yugoslav conflicts were happening, like, the year after we were... Like, the years we were born in. So, like, same kind of thing. It's kind of weird because it... I guess a little less weird, though, because it's not quite as much of a, like, staggering geopolitical change <laughs> as the Soviet Union collapsing. Yeah. That's a bit of a staggering geopolitical change. <laughs> yeah, I mean, just, it had a huge, just a little bit. It had a massive impact on <laughs> everything. On the yeah, on the world, on the way the world 
still operated works. and still works. I mean, still operates. Yeah, I mean, everyone's I mean, like, oh, Vladimir Putin did call it the greatest tragedy of the 20th century. What the class of Soviet Union? Yeah. Okay. He did actually call it. That. Yeah, I don't agree with that. Putin. I know, but that's what I mean when I say yeah. like when things are happening now. Yeah, they're related to that. <laughs> like, oh yeah. So him saying it's the greatest. Him saying it's the greatest uh, tragedy of the 21st century kind of explains some of the things he's doing. Yeah, absolutely. Or sort of. Yeah. I mean, it's... It, well, we can, we can His evilness on. aside. Yeah, we can go on and on about Putin and his motivations, but we'll never <laughs> fully understand. I don't know. I've been studying him for like a decade. He's a tough... It's it tough is. to crack him, though, but it... It um, is, yeah. No one. No but one uh, I don't know. I just kind of feel like he's... Trying to get back to the glory of the Soviet days, in a way. I'm not saying he's trying to necessarily recreate well, the Soviet he's Union. He's always been attempting that. Yeah, but I don't, I don't think he's fully trying to recreate the Soviet Union, but he's definitely trying to get that gain that influence back on the, all of the former Soviet blocs. Yeah, no, absolutely. Two varying degrees of success. So yeah. So there's that. Yeah. Um, any of our listeners in Ukraine will understand yeah. fully. But yeah, so the first, we're going to be, basically the way the structure of the season is going to work is it's basically in two parts. So the first part is all, is mostly about the revolutions of 1989, which is also known as the Autumn of Nations, which I actually think is a really, really awesome name. It is pretty cool. So the part one of season three is going to be called the Autumn of Nations. And then part two, which is going to be happening after Christmas, around January, end of January, it's going to start up, is going to be mostly about what was going on in the Soviet Union before and during these events. Yeah. And how it attempted to continue on, but didn't survive. Yeah. And to some extent, just also a little bit of background about some of the people involved and things that led to the actual collapse and like it's kind of like the fall of the Roman Empire. It didn't happen in one day, and there's a lot of reasons for why. Yeah. I mean, there's a lot of arguments to be said that the Soviet Union had been collapsing since the 1960s. So, or, well, a little more into the 70s and 80s, but, like, pretty much right after the space race. Like, there was a lot of arguments for, like, it started collapsing pretty much after Khrushchev was gone. So, yeah, it's a bit like Rome in that way. I mean, I think all big seismic shifts like that are, though. Nothing ever just happens in a day. It might come to a head in a revolution, but I mean, like, the Russian Revolution, yeah, you can say it was in October. It was in, you know, October to 1917. You can pinpoint it to a day. You can pinpoint daily events, but you can also pinpoint, like, a hundred years of history that yeah. led to the downfall of the czars, right? Well, when you got, like, something like the Roman Empire that expands that fast of a yeah. landmass and has that many different uh, ethnicities within it, mm -hmm. it's like... And I mean, you're like glorifying the Russian, the Russian Empire is extremely diverse and same with the Soviet Union. Exactly, Indian, but so. that but that's yeah. why I'm using it as a example, example yeah. because like it's the, like I'm someone who believes that every single major conflict uh, for most of history has been based on nationalism. Yeah, that's my argument. I mean, today it's a lot different because there's a lot of other factors. Well, I think you could say it's still nationalism, and it always was. I mean, the thing is, is like. I don't think you can ever point to one singular cause for any conflict, though. Really. Like, most nationalistic causes were, like, nationalistic, but also you could say the same things, that they were also religious wars, because they almost all were. 
you can say that like they had an ideological aspect as well. Yeah, but it's re- again, it's still religious nationalism. Yeah, but like, like the Crusades were all about. Yeah. National. Christian but that's what I mean about like current wars not being any less nationalistic. It's just that like you think of less in nation states and more as like nationalistic groups. Yeah. Well, I mean more I mean, like, like what is the priority of the main combatants? Like what was the main? Like I think this can be argued, but I'm pretty sure the main backing behind I going into Iraq for the Ameri- for the, the American government was economic. Yeah, absolutely. And of course you're still gonna have that nationalism in it because like the Iraqi people are still yeah. fighting to pick up the pieces and whatnot. Well, and I think there's some American, I mean, I would say that, I mean, it was, mo- I would say it's mostly economic more than anything, but I would certainly say that it was nationalistic in the sense too of like, um, there's an idea of American dominance. Oh that. yeah, absolutely. Like, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And of course, like when you go into wars and stuff like that, there's always a different motivation depending on who you speak to. Yeah. Like. Well, and no one's ever going to fully admit that they went into a war because it was economic see like at least if you admit nationalistic reasons that's a respectable reason to go to war that's what people have always done forever that's why war exists if you say like oh i went at it because i wanted some oil it's like well now you're just a dick (laughs) like yeah i I understand (laughs) and i obviously like i'm saying all this i obviously know that the soldiers didn't go in no with economic no no i mean most of them didn't probably didn't want to go in but that's a completely different story I mean, none of them really understand why they're there exactly. So. Yeah, it's so it's always that the motives of the fighters are different from the motives of their leaders, which has always been true. It's, yeah, it's always that's always how it works. But well, maybe not always. I guess I guess you could sort of point back a little more when leaders actually were involved in fighting. It's like, well, okay, maybe their goals were a little more similar. It's certainly, as leadership has like decentralized itself from the actual fighting force more and more. Yeah, definitely. I mean, if you go back to like feudal times, like maybe you could argue it's a little different, but yeah, even, I mean, even then, like, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> still, still mostly the people in power are, have different interests. Pretty much. I mean, now the leaders of like wars, <coughs> they sit at a desk when they, Yeah. I mean, I mean, like I'm talking like the, yeah. the high up. A hundred percent. Well, they're usually sitting at a desk in the Situation Room or something. But yeah, but I, and I, but like I know that there are generals like on the ground, but I'm talking about like the War Cabinet kind of oh, deal. Yeah. So it's kind of weird talking about this because we're in such a weird situation in history as it is. Yeah, and often scary. Which I Very don't know. Often. One interesting thing: it's like interesting that we're talking about the collapse of communism. Like right now, because I keep hearing arguments that we're witnessing the collapse of capitalism. I don't think I necessarily agree with that. I don't disagree with it, but I don't really know. I I think it's one of those things where we're witnessing maybe like the beginning stages of a like the beginning like when you could say if you were able to accurately pinpoint like for instance, I would say the fall of communism probably started in the seventies with Brezhnev. And stagnation and things like that. And we'll, I'll talk about, we'll argue about that later. Like, I'll talk, we'll talk about that in the episodes. But I would argue that, like, if I could really, if I really had to pinpoint a time when the Soviet Union really started to collapse, it was that. Especially in the 80s is when it got the worst, obviously. But I would say it really started in the, like, late 60s, like, early 60s, during the 70s especially. I would probably narrow it down. And I'm sure there's, like, I don't know a lot about Rome because I've never cared that much. But I'm sure there's, like, plenty of my friends who do. And other historians could pinpoint, like, an era when... 
the Roman Empire was like, you could, when looking back, you can say like, okay, it was probably like, say, 30 years or whatever before it actually started happening that like, this was the beginning stages, right? Like, they lost a big battle. And like, while it, at the time, it didn't seem like a big blow, it ended up, you know, like dominoes falling. Yeah. And well, I could the... see us being in that type of situation right now, where we're not in the, like, it's clearly coming down phase. We're in the, like, we'll look back on this maybe and see, like, that's when things started to possibly shift. Like, it's kind of a hedgy thing to say, but it's like, I think we're at the precipice of something. I don't know if it's really, like, the precipice of the precipice, or, like, we're actually on the edge of, like, this all coming down. Yeah. And none of us are ever going to be really cognizant enough to know that we're witnessing history when it's happening, because very few people ever do. Nobody in the Enlightenment, with the exception of Kant, basically, had any understanding that what this was was the Enlightenment. So, like, it's not like we're going to know anyway. No, we can (laughs) just predict what we think (laughs) is going to be significant. We only understand these things in, like, (laughs) five-year chunks, especially because it's kind of dramatic. Yeah, with exceptions... I mean, there are certain things that are definitely, it's pretty clear that this is going to define our history. Absolutely. Um, but I would say that just generally, like, we just as a population don't have the ability to, like, fully grasp. I mean, like, we have a hard time fully grasping how 9-11 has led to some of what we're dealing with now. Yeah. And that was 20 years ago. Like, is what I mean. Like, I don't think people are super present enough to really, like, wholly understand the situation and be like, yes, this is the beginnings of the end. Like, yeah, but you can also <laughs> definitely, like, having witnessed that, you can also be like... Yeah. I mean, maybe not us because we were too young, obviously. But oh, I like, remember 2008 very clearly. <laughs> but, well, I mean, like, we wouldn't be able to grasp that, oh, this is going to be a significant... That the recession was? No, no, no. Oh. The, the, uh, the 9-11. Oh, like, we were bit, then no. Like, obviously, we knew it was, like, too... Like, it was a big tragic thing. Yeah. But, like, my son, like people like my parents would probably be like, oh, man, this is going to have such a big but even, ripple. And, like, yeah, but at the same time, I don't think they did even understand that because now people are still, like, people our parents' age are like, oh, that had to do with 9-11? Shit. Well, I mean, like, <laughs> yeah, no, I know I know what you mean there, but I mean in in terms of, like, this, like, they're oh, not, they're not yeah, yeah, they're not predicting that it's going to, like, no. what's going to happen well, or how long it's, it's going to be. be. Yeah, it's going to be bad. But, but they know it's going to have, like, long yeah. lasting effects. But they just, but again, they, yeah. they're just like, we're still dealing with stuff i wonder if people knew like un- like expected to try and like like knew how long it would like how long of an effect it would actually have though because i feel like at the same time people like who like at this at the time of 9-11 even though they probably understood it as like yep this is a big deal it's gonna lead to more stuff and especially once the war started but like i don't really think anybody thought it was necessarily as big as it was either. Like, I don't know if people really thought it was, like, going to be the most defining moment of something. Like, it is because it's a big deal. But I obviously, I mean, 3,000 people died on national television. But, like, I don't... I also think people are, like, maybe because it was such a shocking one-time incident that it's, like, almost like it's done, right? Yeah. It's not, like... I mean, it obviously isn't because it led to a war that's lasted yeah. for just as I long. Mean in, but... <laughs> yeah, I, I mean, in terms of the retaliatory... Methods taken. I think people knew something yeah. was going to happen oh, there. Yeah. I don't think the, people understood that we were going to be in Afghanistan for however long it's Yeah, been. and I also don't think people fully understood how much, like, how much, like, the war in Afghanistan and the war in Iraq would destabilize the region. Yeah, there's a lot of things that people did not really understand. Yeah, say what you want about Saddam Hussein. I mean, I, I think the guy was evil. Definitely evil. He was definitely yeah. evil and definitely needed to be taken out but 
Taking him out of power really destabilized. Had he still been in power today, the ISIS wouldn't. Yeah, Daesh would not have existed Mm -hmm. because he kept completely kept that out. Different kind of evils. Yeah, it's definitely a six one way half dozen the other type situation. It's like yeah, "Eh," because yeah, (laughs) it's 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 a weird one because. Lots it's, of people also still would have died, so... Yeah, it's the same, like, in Syria, because it's like... Yeah. There are no... There's not really any good sides in Syria, like... No. I mean, there's exceptions. I'm not going to go into it, because that's super Well, there's too many factions yeah. to even, like, properly say... They're all good or they're all bad, because yeah. there's just too many. They're too diverse. There's some and, that are good, they're, they're too small. And they're all, like, diluted with their own versions of extreme people. And what they're doing. Exactly. And their goals. It's just horrific. So basically, yeah, I guess this is kind of like tying back in like with the when the Soviet Union collapsed, it had this massive chain of reaction with the other like the Soviet blocs and the Warsaw Pact countries. I mean, I think the difference between this and like the collapse of something like the situation. Well, I mean, it's obviously very different than the situation in the Middle East, just because it's not just like a country like Iraq or collapsing. It's like, this is a country that takes up most of the population, like half of the population. Yeah, exactly. Half the globe. Like that's what I mean. It's like, it had this huge effect on a bunch of different places that are still dealing. And also because Iraq was not nearly as important as the Soviet union was on a global scale. either. No, it definitely didn't have the same, uh, power. No, Iraq was important to stabilization in the middle East, but like it didn't have the same global. No, no. Whereas the Soviet union did. It's a super. Iraq is, was at most a regional power, I would say. Yeah. I mean, they, they They were, they had a big army, so they were a a big army. Well, I mean, and it was between them. Not a great one, but a big one. Yeah. I mean, it was between them, uh, the Islamic (sighs) Republic of Iran. Mm. And the monarchy in Saudi, Saudi Arabia. Arabia. So it's kind of this weird. Yeah. All three of those of those countries hated each it's other. Not great. To the point, to extent they still do. Oh, they do. They just. I feel like it was almost like reached a point where they hated each other so much they wouldn't even fight each other. Like. Yeah. Which was almost good. Like, it's like either hate each other so much you're not going to fight and peace is kept, or like like each other and don't fight. But either way, just don't fight. Yeah. Also, different, definitely different motivating factors yes. in the destabilization within the Soviet Union. Yes, uh, and it was it was one of those things where it's like, just once things started happening, there was no stopping it. There was no way that anyone was going to stop. Well, people and I think, tried, and I think again because I would pinpoint the fall really starting way sooner than any of it really started happening. So by the time it started happening. It was just going to keep going because people had been feeling this way for like 30 years. Yeah. And I recommend people listen or like watch, either listen to or watch interviews with Gorbachev. I mean, I also recommend people. Yeah. He is really, really fascinating. I was going to make a much sillier suggestion. So continue. Uh, but he like the reason why I say that is because now that he's no longer in charge of anything, he feels like he's free to talk about everything wrong. Gorbachev got put in a really shit position, which we'll talk about. I don't really view him as being, like, a terrible leader or anything either because I, I feel like he was put in a really impossible spot. Yeah. He inherited a really... Really think a, he was um, ever going to... A hopeless come. situation. It was not going to end well for him no matter what. No. Like, either things were just going to continue to deteriorate in the country ultimately, like, and things... If, even if things kept going... Like, it was not going to be good. He wasn't going to be premier very long, I don't think, regardless. No. To be honest. So, 
Um, I mean, I wrote a whole page. I don't think he expected the whole thing to collapse. Don't get me wrong. No, he did everything he could to try to prevent it. (laughs) I mean, he didn't expect that, but. Yeah. I'm sure if things had actually worked out, they could, maybe the Soviet Union could have survived, but with a more liberal kind of way. But I. Honestly, so. I'm I'm more well. I'm more convinced that either either way, it was not it was not going to last. No, but because again, I mean that's... the only and I mean I think that just you can even kind of see why I don't think it would because like China's not the greatest example, but I mean they're a pretty good example of why like the only way for a communist country to some extent to like continue surviving is you have to adapt and be a really weird hybrid like China. Yeah, like if you're really gonna survive, because for the most part, all the other communist countries that exist are tiny and poor. If you if you guys listen to our uh, ideology episode, I briefly mentioned this ideology called socialism with Chinese characteristics, yeah. which is a weird hybrid of socialism and capitalism. So it's like places like I think Beijing, Shanghai for sure, and a bunch of, I, I'm, special economic yeah, zones. They're yeah, they're called special economic zones. And those are like really the only areas in China that can use those, like use capitalism yeah. to its extent. And I mean, like, of course, Hong Kong and Macau. I mean, yeah. they're, they're, of course, there's that, there's the whole protest going on in Hong Kong right now. Speaking of, yeah. like, yeah. what we're witnessing. The, N- the NBA is currently in a geopolitical crisis as a result of that. <laughs> Interesting. Yeah. I'll explain later to you. Okay. <laughs> but, um, uh, yeah, so it's interesting. Also, I got to say, speaking of which, uh, I I wish to give an apology because we totally did not talk about Tiananmen Square last oh, season. Right. And it was the 30th anniversary. I'm going to take responsibility for that. I apologize. And especially to the people of Hong Kong. We we just got banned from China. I'm pretty sure. <laughs> we just, if we, we weren't told, already, so. if we weren't already, I mean, uh, we could. Anyway, we're. I think we're banned from like probably Saudi Arabia, China now, North Korea. Are they places that we really didn't? I mean, places are we sad about being banned in those places? No. Yeah. China a little bit. True. But. Eh. But anyway, so yeah, but so it's interesting, like, uh, of course, people are drawing parallels between what's happening in Hong Kong today and what happened in Tiananmen Square back then. And we're really hoping not to see a same repeat result. because I think it, this is just my personal belief. I think it would be a lot more catastrophic in Hong Kong. I agree. Yeah. I would agree with that. So... It's scary For to watch. For so many reasons. It's really scary to watch. It's weird as a historian. Like, I do consider myself a historian. Yeah. And. Uh, I do too. That's what we do. Yeah. So it's, so again, it's like kind of, like, I always look at stuff and I'm like, oh God, is this going to be one of those things? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I'm probably the only person. No. I mean, who, I mean you're not. Don't give yourself that much credit. No, um, <laughs> just kidding. I'm just, I wasn't giving myself credit. I was kidding. criticizing no, I'm, myself. I'm, but bugging, anyway. I'm bugging you. Okay. <laughs> um, no, I mean, no, we're all kind of thinking it. I think, like, watching this and being like, "Cool." So, is watershed moment the? Uh, yeah. That, the right that's term. a good way to. It's the right it? term. Okay. Yeah. I mean, I think 
Syria is too, just from like a humanitarian standpoint. I'm so curious to see what happens in Hong Kong in part because I think, well, for one, the rest of the world cares a lot more about it. So there's that. Well, the eyes, the eyes of the world are on yeah. Hong Kong right now. No one particularly gave a shit about Syria until all of a sudden people started showing up at borders. So, yeah. I mean, the people who did give a shit about Syria have been trying to tell people to give a shit for a long time. But uh, anyway, that's neither here nor there. And it's so interesting because I just can't help but think that, like, Hong Kong in general, just, like, how much of, like, the history of Hong Kong has to do with this, too, because Hong Kong was a British colony and it was run by the British. And so it had access to all of this. Like, as a result, it's almost like colonialism, like, did good in Hong Kong, and now it's like, well, shit. It's yeah. like, they're trying to go back to that, or back away from it, and it's... Well, they just... Been... It's just, like, such a weird thing, considering all of the other... Co- how a lot of other colonies ended up and stuff like that, like, it's just very different, like, it's such a strange position, and, like, it just adds so much, like, intrigue and, like, kind of murkiness to the whole situation, too. It's not just, like, a... I don't know. Yeah. No, I know it's what you It's not mean. the same. But it's like... That's <laughs> what I'm trying to say in a very yeah, convoluted way. They had all these, like... Rights, I mean, probably still a bit limited yeah. under British rule, but still a lot more. Yeah. A lot better. I mean, I'm not just trying to say the colonial years were good, because I'm sure they weren't. I don't know that no. much about them at all. Probably better but, during, like, the night, like the 80s. And yeah, 90s, and so but, it's, it's just, I think I'd prefer to be in, I think it's more like the much past, like, like post-colonial kind of British rule that was better. Yeah. And then, like, all of a sudden, you're kind of somewhat transitioned to... China. I mean, it's still so really strange. Go watch the uh, CGP Grave video about it. But um, yeah. uh, but like basically, like all of a sudden in '97, like you're under like a special administration of the Chinese, and mm-hmm. suddenly you have certain privilege, like rights, taken away. Yeah, it's not. It's it's not going to work. No. So that's why there's such turmoil. I'm surprised there's like not Hasn't as much turmoil. Huh? Hasn't been more. Well, in Macau. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm wondering what's different from, I think part of it is because it's not, well, population, it's not that big. Economically not Economically not that, well, like Hong Kong's a huge. Economic, or it's a huge economic sector. It's one of the biggest in the world. Macau is not. (laughs) Yeah, it's a lot more diverse, like in terms of economy. It's a huge trading port, whereas Macau Mm -hmm. is not gambling. (laughs) I actually don't really know much about Macau other than it exists. It's all, and it's, it's yeah, what part I know, of China. Well, what I know <laughs> about Macau, got, what really. I know about Macau is that it is very 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 Portuguese influenced. Yeah. For those of you who don't know, Macau was a Portuguese colony until 99, I think. And I don't know anything about Macau. It is actually the gambling capital of the world. It makes Las Vegas <laughs> That's awesome. look puny. That's amazing. Well, what's funny is like Why? <laughs> huh? Do they just have really favorable laws? Uh, yeah. And like no taxes. Yeah, pretty much. And I mean, the, the it started kind of in the Portuguese area. But it's it's interesting because I, I know people who've been to Macau and they're like, it is so cool because you see this weird mixture of Chinese mm-hmm. and Portuguese. Huh. And, it, and they like just huh. roll with it and they yeah. love this mixture of... That's cool. Like... But whereas, like in Hong Kong, you can get a you can live your entire life in Hong Kong being able to speak English. Oh yeah, and pro- in Macau, you could you could get away with speaking Portuguese, English as well because they're diversifying quite a bit. But yeah, what's what's also really funny? This is really a weird tangent, but a bunch of the casinos and hotels they have Cirque du Soleil shows as resident resident shows there. They tried to do the same thing in Macau. 
And it did not go very well because, like, unlike with Vegas, where it's more of an entertainment capital than solely a gambling capital, mm. in Macau, people just go there to gamble. Oh, they so don't just... go there for shows. They don't go yeah. there for, like, Yeah, Vegas is about entertainment as yeah. much as gambling. But, they, sure. yeah, for, whereas in Macau, they go there to gamble. So people weren't going to the show. They don't give a shit. Yeah. So you can the bet show, on the, the show. Sh- yeah, the, sh- the show didn't go. <laughs> you can bet on how well the performance did. <laughs> I bet the... Five bucks that guy falls. Yeah. Five bucks for a broken leg. Broken leg. Here we go. Anyway, <laughs> I'm just picturing us like with a chalkboard, like writing them Staking down. Bets. <laughs> Staking bets. Staking bets. a bookies in Macau. But anyway, so yeah, it was interesting kind of hearing because like, I mean... I've mentioned this before. I toured or Cirque du Soleil for two, two and a half years. So I, I still talk to people who are still working for Cirque and they, they know about all the goings on like with this and like, so it's like, why didn't the Macau show do well? It's like, well, that's because people go to Macau to gamble. Yeah. Still looks like a beautiful city though. I mean, Hong Kong looks, it looks nice, but apparently it's, I've heard it's nice. It's just it's a big city, so it's, it's, yeah, it's, it's just huge. like a it's just a big city. Yeah, it's like every other really big city. Yeah, and that, like, in this kind of sense of like, obviously it has unique things about it, like every large city. But at the end of the day, it's a very large city, and you're dealing with a lot of people and dirt and traffic and noise and yeah. Well, yeah it's weird. What what is it? Schrodinger's country. It both is and, and isn't, isn't independent. <laughs> yeah, it's like Taiwan too. Kind of. Taiwan. That's a oh my Even god. More if we up. haven't been. You mean Chinese Taipei? Yeah. No. <laughs> oh, we're just making friends with China. Well, left, right, and Just center. like the Houston Rockets. And yeah. So I don't know if you know anything would happen, but the general manager of the Houston Rockets tweeted something about supporting the protesters in Hong Kong. Ooh. De- deleted it like immediately, but obviously that never works. Mm. And so it's created basically an international incident with the NBA in China because they ha- they're set to play a bunch of preseason games in China and the Chinese, like, the Houston Rockets are the most profitable team in China because Yao Ming played for them. Yeah. And so, like, the NBA is, like, yeah, it's, like, a really weird situation because they're both, like, trying to obviously not lose their business interests but also not, like, clearly uh, support human rights abuses. It's really, it's really interesting to watch and I'm fascinated to see if Daryl Morey keeps his job. We'll see. Oh, that must be a, a mess. I've been reading about it today. Can't imagine. And there. It's been interesting, <laughs> to say the very least. Do you think things are as complicated in sports when the Soviet Union collapsed? Yeah. <laughs> Actually, because for years, people were trying to like literally help players defect to come play in North America. The Buffalo I, Sabres, like, I remember listening to Lou Lam, I think it was Lou Lamorello, who's now the GM for the Islanders. Um, I was watching a documentary and he was talking about like creating a plan to help a player defect so he can come play in the the United States because the Soviet Union barred obviously any athletes from like going to play abroad and like they basically they wasted like purposely wasted the primes of like a bunch of their best athletes who like they could have come to Soviet or come to North America and like had good careers but Mm. they didn't want them to go and held on to them too long so like when all these Russian players came to North America in the 90s everyone like kind of hated on them and part of it is because like the game was hard. It was a weird adjustment for all of them, but all of them were a little bit old too because they'd had to play in Russia for so long they couldn't leave. And so when it all like collapsed, it did create like a whole bunch of like weird situations because anyone who had defected, like 
all of a sudden, like, they don't have passports. Like, there's a bunch of stuff. Yeah. It was actually very complicated. Well, I'm, I know uh, apparently the North Korean athletes during the Olympics are just are watched 24-7. So are the Soviet someone. athletes. So are the Soviet athletes. A guy that my dad works with, actually, <laughs> randomly. Uh, him and his wife both defected in the 1972 Olympics in Montreal. Really? Yeah, they both played for the national their national volleyball teams, I think. Oh. And they both defected to, in Montreal during the 72 Olympics, and so that's why they both live here still. Hmm. I know there was a few defections during the 88 Olympics here yeah. as well. There always were during the Olympics and, like, big events. It was always during, like, Olympics and, like, world championship events, especially for hockey players, that they would defect. Because it's, like, the easiest, especially because you're usually in North America or you're somewhere where you can sort of, like leave and then also too you have the help of other people because there's like usually especially if it's like world championships like a gm from an nhl team is probably traveling with their respective country because they might be on that coaching staff right yeah. and then they might be able to kind of like you have access kind of. <laughs> i've always imagined like this is something i've actually imagined because i've heard of like entire but i mean teams. if they ever got caught these players like these people would absolutely have been thrown in jail for the rest of their lives oh yeah probably were probably killed like it would have been really bad if they'd ever been caught. yeah but i've always like i've seen like entire teams have defected and I'm always, I've always imagined it's like someone tries, like who is ever watching them tries to stop them, and they're all like the whole teams around Just them, like, like, what are you gonna do? 50, 50 <laughs> hockey players, <Yeah>. like, okay. <laughs> what are you gonna do? Huh? Huh? Yeah. Huh? Just push them. Yeah. <laughs> Just like, like thirty hockey players. Can, like, can you at least beat me up a little? Yeah. <laughs> to make it look like. <laughs> yeah. At least just break my face a little. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, yeah, I just always imagined silly things like that. I know. <laughs> but it's like funny because like it's just so interesting how like geopolitics do like influence the most inane stuff like sports because even now like the um there's this turkish player who has a warrant for his arrest out by the turkish government because he does him and he's doesn't like erdogan and has been really vocal about not supporting erdogan and supports this exiled guy that erdogan hates and so, like, in 2017, this guy's passport was canceled. So he, whenever he plays, like, he can't fly to Toronto with his team to play the Raptors because he's scared he won't be let back in the country. He doesn't have a passport. Mm. Um, he won't leave. He can't leave the United States, basically. He's scared to leave the United States because if he ends up in Europe, the Turkish can get him. Yeah. But he they mm. can't in the States. So it's kind of, like, crazy because – and I don't know anything really about the guy that he supports. So I don't know if this guy's beliefs are actually any better than Erdogan's. I just like this basketball player because he's kind of funny on like like mm. his, his Twitter and Instagram pages are really funny. Yeah. He's just like an affable, like likable player. But like I don't know much about his the guy he supports. But it's just kind of like interesting that yeah, it is a consideration because like he has security like all the time. He was just heckled at a mosque and he's like, I'm pretty sure it was and by Muslim, like two Muslims and he's like and they were basically yelling at him in Turkish about like not supporting Erdogan and so he's like, yeah, I have to have security with me all the time and like wow. that kind of stuff and it's like huh yeah that's a thing that most people would probably never think about like and especially even just like his teammates they probably have no idea what like any of that's about because it's yeah. just not anything that's in their lives so i don't know it's really interesting how those things intersect and like the implications about... they have because on the other hand obviously like sports can do good things for like geopolitics the 72 summit series for yeah. instance my friend uh ian and his now wife jen they went to ankara yeah and uh like uh, Ian knows a f- like a fair bit about Turkey, mm-hmm. and whatnot, and so 
But uh, Jen didn't, mm-hmm. and she's also never heard the call to prayer oh, okay. before, or how often it is. Yeah, five times a day. Yeah, they woke up. She woke up when, like, they woke up one morning, and 5 she's like, "Well, it wasn't like it was like they like it was when they're ready to get up and whatnot." Yeah. But then she was like, "Who is that man singing <laughs> in the middle of the night?" <laughs> Who was that man? And he's like, "Yeah, like she had no idea." He's like, "Have you never heard the?" I can't remember what it's called, but uh, uh, called a prayer. I can't remember what it's called. It's, it's called. Uh, I've heard. I can't remember the term in Arabic, like the Arabic term. It's for it. the Asan. Oh God, I'm gonna get Muslims against me now. Please don't hate me. Well, you um, at least know what a call to prayer is. So I'd yeah, say they probably don't hate but, you. Um, <laughs> she just had no idea what, what, what it was. <laughs> but apparently, I didn't realize this. They they are sung live. Every single time. Yeah, I knew that. I had no idea. I was. I don't know I'm, why I knew that, but I knew that. I'm like, I'm like, that's really fascinating. I think it has to be. Yes, I believe. Um, anyone who knows can correct me, but I do believe it has to be. And also, I know like uh, Sunnis and Shias have different verses. Yeah. For theirs. It's not that much different than. Like, it's not really any different than certain, like, Christian prayers being a little bit different based yeah. on your denomination. Yeah, I mean, there's some verses added depending on who, like, which, which version of version, the Bible you like, use. or and But also, like, which... Yeah. But which I mean, uh, by, by which church, because they all use yeah. slightly different versions, too. Yeah, yeah. but the, and then the call with the call to prayer, there are different yeah. verses in there as well. But yeah. um, I've heard... It's not... I don't see it as being significantly different than, like, being Catholic versus being Protestant in certain ways, because there's lots of differences... Even in the actual ceremonies, yeah, which I've learned. I've heard, I heard a. I've really... never been to a Lutheran ceremony before, and then I went to one in Finland, and so like it wasn't finished, so that was also confusing. But <laughs> I mean, I have been to church enough times in my life, shocking, I know, to at least get kind of how it goes. And like Lutherans, like are still close enough to cat, like like Lutheran services are like close enough to Catholic, like Catholic services. So I kind of knew what was going on, but. So, like, in a Catholic service, after you take communion, you come back to the pews and you kneel. There's, like, a kneeling bench or whatever, and mm-hmm. you kneel. And you do the same thing in a Lutheran church, but it's different because it's, like, they have this, like, space up kind of by the altar where you go kneel. It's almost like this, like, circle thing. And you go kneel there and pray. It's very, like, it was just, like, really weird. It was, like, little mm. things where I'm, like, what the fuck is that? <laughs> like, <laughs> I'm, like, it's all happening in Finnish, so I'm, like, I'm really confused and what the fuck is that? <laughs> it was really strange. Um, I have a question about Catholicism. Yeah. Because you, I, I hope you don't mind me saying this, but you... Like, I am Catholic. Too. Yeah, but you but you weren't confirmed. No. Correct? So does that actually mean you're not... Like, I'm being serious when I ask this. Does that mean you're not actually considered a Catholic? No, so I am, because I was baptized. So okay. I can take... I was baptized, so I can take communion and everything. What it means is I, like, actually couldn't be married in a Catholic church, technically. Oh. So, like... I went through all the, like, kit. like, basically you usually get confirmed when you're, like, I don't know, like, 12, 10, between 10 and 12, I think, is when mm-hmm. you get confirmed, I think, okay. usually, 12 and, 10 and 14, I'll say, just because it's, like, I, it was sometime around, like, between grades 6 and 8, like, it was sometime in there, and usually do confirmation then, I just never did, but mm. basically confirmation is just, like, the last kind of, like, phase, because I did the first two, which is first communion, and then confession, Mm. And then confirmations like this last thing that I just didn't do. And so it, my understanding, I don't really know. I've never looked, don't really care (laughs) is uh, um, that I can take communion and I can like basically 
take part in Catholic services. I just could never like be married. I couldn't technically be married in a Catholic church. But even then, it just depends on the church because some Catholic churches are pretty chill and don't really care that much. You don't really strike me as someone who'd want to get married in a church. I don't want to get married in a church, so. Yeah. I mean, I don't either. Unless it's a church in Las Vegas with Elvis marrying me. In which case, fine. Well, yeah. that Different situation. Yeah, yeah. That's, I mean, I would do that. Different situation. I don't want to have a wedding ceremony. Unless Um, Elvis is marrying me. Unless, well, that's, that's, that's you. That's personal. Other than that, though, I don't really even want that. Just... I'd probably do an Elvis wedding as well. Yeah. I mean. Why not? Yeah. But uh, do you think you'll ever get confirmed or are you not just? No. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) No. I realize my facial expression doesn't really, or doesn't really translate well for audio, but like, no. (laughs) Um, If I, it's, I've, I've been able to do it for at least the last 12 years and I haven't done it. So I think I'm good. Okay. (laughs) It's probably not I just wasn't sure. Like if you were, like I knew you weren't, it wasn't like knowing you. I go to church like. At most once a year. So. Christmas? Uh, depends. We used to go at Christmas. Now we've kind of stopped because it was like, well, this is the one time of year we go. Why do we even bother with this? Have you ever been to um, a midnight mass? Yes. Ooh, I've heard those are. It sucks. <laughs> Not as bad as Easter. The three hour masses. Those oh. are the worst. Three hour Easter mass makes you want to die. <laughs> I have to say the best time to go to Spain <clears throat> is during like either before or after Easter. Oh god, yeah. It is amazing. Cool. It is cool to go to those kinds of countries like during like big religious holidays. Like I when I was in Russia, it was right before Easter, so like uh although Orthodox Easter is later, so it's kind of like close-ish to Easter, but like it was just cool cuz there's I did get to see some Orthodox services like in session. I didn't see any Catholic services, but we I saw the aftermath. Yeah, you've been to one Catholic service, you've been to them all. I've ne- never been to a Catholic. It's a lot I don't of, think I have. It's a lot of sitting and standing. I'm sure. Yeah. I've heard uh, Ian and Jen went to a Catholic service and they, like a wedding, and they were like, oh my God. <laughs> it was, it's a lot. Yeah. It was long. Mm-hmm. Oh, God. The funeral wasn't bad, thankfully. Oh, yeah. I guess for update, uh, my family emergency situation's over, but unfortunately, I had to go to a funeral last week, so. That was a bit of a bummer. But yeah, Catholic funerals. I've been to some that are way longer. This one was pretty short. <laughs> she, she messaged me beforehand. She's like, I'm about to go in to my first, was it a prayer? Oh, yeah. We had yeah prayers the night before. Yeah. Never been to a official Catholic. I went to church twice this last week. I went to church more last week than I probably will for the rest of the year. <laughs> <laughs> or the rest of your life? No. Okay. I usually, again, usually end up at least once a year. Okay. But, uh. This was twice. She messaged me beforehand and she's like, I'm about to go into a prayer for the first time ever, so wish me luck. And I was like, you being the, the pious Catholic woman you are. pretty sure I was going to set on fire as soon as I walked inside and I didn't. So it was a good start. No fires were started on my behalf. Yeah. Good thing for the church, too. God didn't was... strike me down at any point, which was shocking, but I appreciated. Um. Hey, if God hasn't struck me down yet. Yeah. If neither of us have been struck down, we're probably yeah. Okay. We're both baptized, different uh, denominations, obviously, but United. Yep, I'm, which apparently is one of the most progressive churches mm-hmm. in Canada. Which they were the first of the three major major churches to apologize for residential schools, and they were the first. I believe they were the first church to give their full support for same sex marriage when that happened. I think so. I think it was. I don't know. Someone else knows. What's the word? Please correct me. Anyway, 
Apparently, um, Anglican like Anglican services are pretty close to Catholicism. Yeah, as well. they are. Well, yeah, like I've only been to a Lutheran service, which is Anglican, and it is again almost exactly the same as a Catholic one. Minor differences, just again the weird kneely thing at the. It was different. Um, again, though, it was also a Finnish church, so I don't really know what the differences are, other than the fact it was definitely not in English. The Lord's Prayer in Finnish definitely sounds much different. But I was I'm able to sure follow along because I know the English version well enough. I still know all the words. Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed oh. be thy name. Thy they, kingdom come. Thy will, will be, be done. done. That's all I know. <laughs> On earth as it is in heaven, give us this day our daily bread as we forgive those who trespass against us and lead us not into temptation. We, we get it. You're pious. And There's more. Lindsay wants to be a nun one day. So that <laughs> she just shot me this really bad look. I feel like <laughs> probably would have already gone into that if that was my life goal. Um, not yet. If I can be a beer making monk, then maybe. <laughs> That'd be kind of cool. That's like Apparently the only priests, religious priests make option. Really good beer. Yeah. It's well, sort of traditionally, rude. monks made beer. Yeah. Um, <laughs> uh, so, uh, speaking of like religious ceremonies back when church was cooler i guess speaking of like religious ceremonies my friend ian he's jewish but he's culturally jewish Mm -hmm. he's not he was never brought up like with anything but he's been to a fair share of like (laughs) jewish weddings and bar mitzvahs bat mitzvahs all the whole shebang Mm -hmm. Uh, and he (laughs) as a joke when they got when he and jen got married they did the chair lifting thing yeah and they didn't realize how short the Legs the wall, oh, no, the... how short the ceiling was. <laughs> Smash. And his head went right through the ceiling. They had to they had to pay the the community all a little bit for that. Yeah, that's fair. <laughs> but uh, they didn't have a him, he and Jen, <coughs> he and Jen didn't have like a huge. They went to city hall. Yeah. In the morning, and then they had a kind of reception at night with them and their friends but uh yeah he's um <laughs> like you know there's that stereotypes about the jewish last names yeah you know what ian's last name is mm-hmm. smith <laughs> i yeah. know yeah <laughs> um he also makes a lot of jokes about like kind of self-deprecating i i guess yeah anyway I asked him one time, because, like, his family's pretty well off. Like, they just do really successful. And I just, like, was curious. I was just like, so, like, what? how come your family is so successful? Like, like how come, like, expecting, like, I mean, I, I know they're educated, but I was expecting something like that. And he's like, because we're Jews, Jonah. <laughs> and I was like, okay. okay. I think that's the only answer I'm going to get. <laughs> it's interesting hearing all the different cultures and whatnot kind of kind of like how things work differently like mm-hmm. i've witnessed a, a prayer in a mosque before which is yeah i've never been to a mosque i've been to synagogue and i've been to like been to an orthodox service that i accidentally walked into the middle of i've been to a lutheran service i went to okay i went to i walked into an orthodox wedding um <laughs> so <laughs> Was this in Russia? No, it was in Latvia. <laughs> um, my host dad and I were decided to like, so I was with my Finnish host dad and mom and like their kids. We were in Riga and you, Tina and the two kids decided to take a cab to this place and Yuha and I decided to walk. 
And walking along, we saw this like really beautiful church and we're like, oh, we'll go inside. <laughs> and we just like walked yeah. in <laughs> and there's a wedding. <laughs> and we're just like, well, fuck. Back, back away. Back Not really. Away. We just like hung out in the back for a minute because like, so in Orthodox churches, there aren't any pews. You don't sit. It's a standing service the whole time. Um, well, there are, there are pews, but mostly like you stand. And so, yeah, we just kind of like lingered at the back a little bit for a while, like looked at the icons and then like kind of slipped out. <laughs> yeah. And then in Finland, I went to a Lutheran confirmation, uh, which I imagine is what my Catholic confirmation would have looked similar to mm. had I done it. I remember, I think I went to my cousins and I don't remember it. Mm. Confirmations are less of a big deal thing here though. Like even though fin- Finland isn't even like a really religious country and like Neither of my host families are particularly religious. Religious, Like, they don't go to church regularly. Uh, sorry for ratting you out if you listen to this. Um, but, like, their kids all got confirmed, and it was, like, a big thing. Like, they go to this, like, camp, like, confirmation camp. And, okay. like, it's a whole, like, thing. It's It was weird. I, hmm. I don't remember it being as big of a deal here. Like, I don't... I mean, it's possible that it is, and I just don't remember, because I didn't do it. But I don't remember it being, like, having a party and shit at the house after confirmation. Like, okay. I don't remember that being a thing. Um, and then in Russia, I walked into a, just, like, a service, I think. But right. I don't know if it was, like, really a service or if it was just prayers, but there was people in the church, like, it was an operating cathedral. My brother, when he went to Russia, he he's, a candle. they went to a, I think it was an Easter service, I think. Uh and she said... And, I would like uh, to go to an Orthodox service that I actually intended to be at and not just walked mm. into the middle of. Well, uh, you went to a service with our friend Mookie. And he said, like, the... Are they called priests in Orthodox? Yeah. Yeah, the priest was giving a talk. Their version of the Pope is the patriarch. Though. Right. The um, their, the priest was giving a talk, which, of course, they couldn't understand a word of. Um, and they looked over and one of the, the nuns, I guess, mm. like, reached into her coat... Wrote a text message and put it back. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. It's like, okay, we just saw that. Yeah, uh, I'd like to actually go to an Orthodox service that I didn't just happen to wander into. Yeah. I um, recommend going... Preferably like it, not walking into some random person's wedding. Yeah, I recommend wedding checking crashers, out... Wedding crashers, yeah, Latvia I, I recommend checking out a prayer at a mosque because there is yeah. something quite... I've been, like, I've heard a call to prayer and I've, like been inside a mosque before i've mm-hmm. just never been in during prayers i got invited to by uh someone i went to high school with he invited me uh it, it's uh, the mosque um near 17th i think uh near signal hill oh, okay yeah so i uh, i got to see that and they were so welcoming like yeah. they were so nice i honestly like i've never been invited because none of my muslim friends actually go to prayers mm. Like, ever. Gotcha. They're just as shitty about yeah. church things as me. Yeah, my friend um, only went on, like, during special occasions yeah. and whatnot, and he went... Kind of like us when we go for Easter and Christmas. And pretty much, like, yeah. yeah. Um, but The he, big holidays. But he was like, yeah, you should come, because he knew I was interested in... Yeah. I'm interested in stuff like that, so he's like, you should come, and I'm like, is, is that okay? And like, he's like, yeah, of course it's fine. Like, no... And it's no like, different than someone else, and like, me inviting you to come to church with me. If yeah, exactly. And, uh, like, I just kind of sat at the back <clears> with... I mean, the obvious difference being, like, at least you were, you were a baptized Christian, but still. Yeah, and I, I sat at the back like where my friend was and uh they're like uh they like said oh we'd like to we have a someone just watching we'd like to welcome him like mm-hmm. everyone said welcome everyone said welcome it was just kind of like whoa like this is yeah. really this is really it's really nice like 
Um, and just like he would speak and like say, he said really like, the, I, I guess the imam, mm-hmm. I, I guess imam. it was. Yeah. He like, he was saying some really beautiful things. He's like, let us remember, uh, let us pray for all of our brothers and sisters of, 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 of everybody. Because as God says, like mm-hmm. we are in all in God's. I life. mean, like the thing about, I've been to <clears throat> lots of services, like church services, even too, where like the homily is like really great. Like, oh yeah. I mean, that's, that's the, that's the thing is that it, that's like the hard part about church for me is like, I don't have any particular belief in God or organized religion or things like that, especially organized religion. I don't really have a lot of love for it, but I also understand the value of having faith too. And I also understand like, I, I also can, I guess not really understand. I can appreciate, um, there's more of the words I'm looking for. Um, but I, and then I also appreciate the message in like a homily or things like that because yeah, they are just trying to preach like messages of like, be good to each other yeah. and, um, you know, basic moral messages that people need to hear. And so like it, the, the homily that the Monsignor gave at my grandpa's funeral was really nice. And it just like, yeah, I, I've gotten lots of good messages out of them before too. I mean, don't get me wrong. I've also gotten a lot of like nothing out of them because Usually because the priest just can't speak properly. (laughs) Usually just gives a poor, like, delivery, like, his shit, and you just, like, don't want to pay attention. But, um, it's part of it. (laughs) Yeah. Um, so this, so, okay, so the church in Strathmore, wow, we're not even talking remotely about communism anymore. (laughs) That's why it's called other nonsense. Exactly. So the church in Strathmore got condemned, like, God, it's been, like, a decade, at least, a while ago. And they decided, so we, the, new, the new Catholic school got built, um, they can hold mass in the church, or in the, in the gym, sorry. So once the church got condemned, they have mass in the gym. And they've never managed to get a new church, because it's a whole thing. Reasons. Yeah. Money mostly, but it's the actual kind of fundraising effort has been fraught with stupid people and a lot of entitlement and demands on Anyway, mass is still held in the gym at church, or at the school, sorry. And so <laughs> we had this one priest for a while, and this is when we still went to Christmas mass, um, when my parents and I still kind of bothered <laughs> to care, <laughs> um, like a little bit. And he just was the worst speaker. Like, he just sucked. Like, you couldn't really, like, his message was really jumbled it wasn't well laid out like it just was bad right you're like i think i know what you're trying to say and i think it's a good message but i don't really know because you just can't string it's just it wasn't it had no structure made no sense poor speech basically Mm. just from like a speech writing perspective and then delivery kind of sucked yeah so i was like really bored at this point because i'm already don't want to be here because i'm like again what's the point we come once a year why even bother (laughs) but i'm here and so i remember looking up at the ceiling and focusing on all of the fucking volleyballs stuck in the ceiling. <laughs> <laughs> because it was in the gym. I'm just like, I was so bored. I'm just like staring at the volleyballs stuck, lodged in the ceiling. That's when usually when you, when you <clears> lean <throat> forward and close your eyes, pretend to be in like deep I tried, in thought and then fall asleep. I tried really hard okay. so many times to pretend that I was napping and try and get away with it. And it did not work. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, okay, you know that church that's, like, on the corner, like, when you're driving yeah. towards us? That's the only church in Chesamere. Hmm. 
There's only one. They tried to do a... Like, they tried to collect funds to build a Catholic church here in Chesamere. Yeah. <laughs> I don't think it went very far because I haven't heard anything about it since. But we uh, have four churches. Yeah, Strathmore has more churches than Chesamere does. I mean, we and have we the have one. a smaller population, too. Oh, also, that church, that steeple, that is the tallest thing in Chesamere. <laughs> For now. Nice. And so... We have a Lutheran church, an Anglican church, a United church, and the Catholic church. I can't remember what... Although the Catholic church is in the gym. Right. Well, the Catholic... We don't have a physical church. Yeah, Catholic mass here is in the gym of the Catholic school. So just like ours. Yep. I gotta say the Catholic school here is a lot nicer than the high school. Like the public high school. Mm. Our public high school is nicer than the Catholic school, I'd say. Oh, Really? They're comparable. Well, I'm sure. I mean, I'm sure so, it's older. No, so the Catholic school building's older than the high school building, because the Catholic school building used to be the old high school. Like my dad went to high mm. school there. Oh, yeah, um, but I mean, here, here, oh, here in Chestermere, yeah, the high, public the public high school is older. older than the yeah yeah in Strathmore. The Catholic schools, the building is older, but like the insides are newer because they obviously redid it all when they opened these schools. Mm. And they opened them when I was in grade five, so it's been a while. Right. But they still are, like, pretty – they're pretty decent inside. I'm, I played basketball in the gym at the Catholic school because when I played club basketball, we practiced there because mm. um, my coach was – well, they were Catholic. They're, yeah. um, I got to say, it's – But the we- public school was, like um, – I like the public school was nicer for, like, classes and, like, options. There was way more offerings for, like – Stuff that wasn't just academics, like just lots more options. Yeah, and it was generally less oppressive and less expensive. The the weird thing for me is like I I went I was in Chesamere High School to like helping out a coworker with something. Yeah, because he went to he was he worked at a liquor store but was still in high school, but he was eighteen. He was Russian, so he had to redo a year. Oh, yeah. But he was eight, so he's eighteen, still in high school, working at the liquor That's store. That's great. Which is fine. Charles's friends loved him. Uh, they did. Yeah. Um, but uh, guess you got to boot for everyone. <laughs> yeah, pretty, I guess. Uh, I haven't said his name, so I, I, it's a guy I knew who met. I, I was a guy who knew a guy I knew who's now dead. Anyway, uh, I was helping him out with some stuff. In friend the, of a friend of yeah, a dead friend. Pretty much. I was helping him out with some stuff in the high school. He just asked me for some help, but I was just like. Are we are we already at the end? Yeah. <laughs> like, is this it? Is and he's like, yeah, and I'm like, oh my god, because I went to Lord Beaverbrook. Yeah, Beef is a big school. Yeah, it is big. Um, for, at one point, we were the largest high school in Western Canada hmm. by number of students. Not anymore since they built like uh, Centennial, but it's a big. It's still a big school. Like, there's a lot to it. So it was weird going like from there and then going to this. And to me, it kind of feels more like the high school here in Chesamere feels more like what a high high school in the United States would be like. (laughs) Yeah. My high school is pretty small. I went to Strathmore High School, so. Although, we do have a pretty big high school population-wise because like when they built the high school, it was like already too small because Strathmore services like a huge number of areas, like small towns because like. Standard has a high school, but Rockyford doesn't have a high school. Hazar had a high school, but they closed it. So for a long time, kids had to drive from Hazar, which is like a 30-minute drive. Ooh. 
They could go to Standard, but for the most part, if you were going there, you may as well come to Strathmore. It's a bigger school. Hmm. Had more stuff. Didn't have a high school. Carsland doesn't have a high school. Like so, there's at least like you guys get the kids from Carsland. Yeah. Oh my starting, god. Starting in junior high. Wow. Okay. I they didn't only know go that. to grade six in Carsland. Wow. Yeah. Hmm. We get. I know we, we also pres- get kids from Six Sigma. Mm. Um. Although that's obviously optional for them. Yeah. Um. They have a. Do they not have a high school they in Gleeson? Brand new high school on the reserve. Oh. But um, some families still send their kids to Strathmore though. Huh. Wow. Which, I mean, to be fair, when public schools get funded at twice the rate of indigenous schools. Yeah. Huh. I, uh, but. well, I know Chestermere, it, it takes kids from Langdon. Uh, I think Cheadle. Cheadle? Yeah. Probably. Some kids from Cheadle go to Strathmore, though. Depends. Yeah, I'm pretty sure. But yeah, we think. Just depends on their parents at that point, because they're in the middle. Like, it could go either way, because my cousin... Um, she used to live like, you know, the Langdon overpass, like that overpass to go on to Langdon. Yes. You know, there's that property right there. Yeah. My cousin used to live there. Okay. And her kids went to Strathmore for the longest time. Then she eventually moved them to Langdon because, um, it was just a nicer school. They got bullied less. Um, but, and then she ended up working at the Chestermere High School actually, but she could choose because they were kind of in the middle. So it was like your, your call really. So Cheadle can go either way. Okay. Cause a friend of mine lives close to Cheadle and she went to my high school. Okay. So it yeah, kind of depends. Sure it's, it's, I'm sure it's just the We're a little reference. further east and like closer to the smaller towns, so a lot of them come to us versus yeah. Chestermere. Like, oh, I'm sure. Well, yeah. close, close enough to Calgary, right? Like, well, che- yeah. Also, Chestermere, well, none of the kids in Chestermere go to high school in Calgary. I know, but just like you're not going to have any, like any anyone who lives in a really small place that's closer to Calgary than Chestermere, that was going to go to Calgary. Yeah. For so sure. but for I know, us, it's like really, unless you basically live in Chestermere, there's no real, or like you're cl- just that much closer to Langdon or Chestermere. Like you might as well just come to Strathmore because it's equal distance. Yeah, but I I know most of the kids from Langdon go into Chest like go to yeah they go to Chestermere because uh, my cousin's kids were like set to and she didn't really want it she wasn't really looking forward to it. Gotcha. There's also a couple hamlets like north yeah. of us, but like. I'm sure Lyle they get very, very little. I think most of the kids that go to the high school are from Langdon and Chestermere. Probably. Not yeah. much else. Most of ours are, I would say. So during school, when there was like snow days, we got like a snow day if buses clo- if buses weren't running. Because mm-hmm. if buses weren't running, then 70% of my high school wasn't going to be there. That makes sense. <laughs> because like almost all of us lived rurally or like in town buses is different, but like. A lot of kids lived in Carsland. A lot of kids live on farms. A lot of kids live in Rockyford. A lot of kids live, like, even out in Standard. Like, Standard has its own high school, but we still had kids come to us. Mm. Um, come to our high school. <clears throat> we went to each other's dances. Oh, Why? Because they banned dancing in Strathmore? No, they came kidding. to Strathmore dances. We went to Standard dances. It was an extra night to get lit up. That's why. Okay. I, uh, <laughs> I think you missed my joke, but that's okay. I know. <laughs> I'm intentionally missing it. It's fine. Okay. <laughs> I wasn't actually. I didn't do it. Okay. Oh, we've gone on for an hour. <laughs> it's probably. This is a great text about the Canadian, or great tweet about the Canadian election debate right now. Trudeau and she are arguing about misleading Canadians as it's close to two Spider-Men pointing at each other, other, other on a national debate platform as I think we're ever going to see in our lifetimes, friends. I already did a hor- Sheer did horrible in the French debate. I'm not surprised. My friend that. John, uh, he speaks fluent French. Yeah. He watched it just for the sake of it, and he's like, and he's, yeah, he was like, he did not do very well at all. Yeah, well, 
Um, sounds like it's a bit of a mess up there. However, right? you uh, if you guys read the blog posts, if you haven't, go read it. Uh, but like literally, but the first sentence in that thing is, "Let me get this out of the way. I hate this election because I do hate it, <laughs> hate it so much. Um, it's terrible." Yeah, and uh, I'm sorry for how rushed that intro was. I was literally at a point when, I mean, everyone knows what's happened. So, like, everyone knows what's happened by now. I'm not even going to say what it is because I'm just, like, so frustrated. But I was just so sick of hearing about this election by that point. I don't, I'm not a fan of any of the major parties. So, I was just like, by by the time this big ball dropped i guess i was i was just like i'm i'm done i don't want to look at another election platform i don't want to look through another parties i know i keep seeing so many christian heritage party signs i know there's so many when i told my dad (laughs) there's so many when i told my dad about them he's like they're still still around and i'm like yeah but they're probably gonna get maybe 100 votes well you know larry heather He's running for them, of course. You just can't give up. Larry Heather's my leather daddy. <laughs> I need to send you... I follow this uh, thing on Twitter called the Larry Heather bot. And it's literally a bot that just makes up... Yes, please. ...random stuff. I'll send it to you, but... Do you follow the the fake Alberta War Room? Yes. I love that page. So, so good. Um, my favorite... They posted something amazing yesterday. Oh, did they? Yeah. It send was, it to me. Oh, well. We... You and I... Speaking I've, of Twitter, I'm finally going to make a yeah. pan of story of Twitter now. <laughs> yes. Um, you and I, we need to find this. And so do people listening who live in Canada. Mm-hmm. Someone's put up the Rick Astley signs again. For those of you who don't know, some people uh, during the Alberta election were putting up Rick Astley signs, like saying, Rick, vote Rick Astley for premier. He's never going to give you up, let you down, turn around, desert you. <laughs> I just going through that. And I was just like, Bless. yes. And then the other day, my friend from Chicago sends me a video of someone filming the that Rick Astley sign yeah. saying, Rick, vote Rick Astley for prime minister. And I'm like, oh, my God. They And I said they, they did this during the Alberta election, too, and it was beautiful. <laughs> so she's like, could you please find one and take a photo? Or could you get a photo with you next one? I'm like, if I find one, I for sure am. I will... Do a Yui on the highway if I see one, and I uh, will take my picture next to it. Like, that's amazing. It's the best. <laughs> yeah. So anyway, all I have to say about this election is like, vote for whoever you want. Just don't be a dick about it, please. Yeah. Literally, all I have to say. Also, none of you are going to guess who I'm voting for. And if you guess I'm voting for the People's Party, please don't listen to my podcast. <laughs> Stop listening now. Yeah. This is your invitation to. This not. is your invitation to leave. <laughs> If you say any a certain other party that I'm not going to name, you can definitely get the hell out. <laughs> <laughs> you can definitely get fucked. <laughs> took my dad like five tries to finally get it, yeah. Anyway, so I will reveal who I voted for after the election is done because whatever. <laughs> anyway, I hate this election, but I love all you guys because you've stuck around. Through this other nonsense. The thing I have to say is, Lindsay, is that like you, we keep joking about it's like, wow, we are really shit at this. Well, no, no, no. I mean, <laughs> we, we do, we are shit at things sometimes, but we're getting better. It's improving. Season two was really good. Season two was really good. Um, actually, I just re listened to the Huey Long episode. 
Yeah, and I was like, actually, I'm like thinking, I was like thinking, I was like, you know what? I'm actually super proud at how well we did this whole se- like this whole last season. Yeah. I'm super proud of both of us. We did an excellent job. There were like a couple episodes where I'm like, oh, I don't think we did really well there. And like with the exception of the Crimean War episode, which was my fault because I screwed up my microphone because I was still using that shitty one. So my voice didn't pick up really well. That's the only one I'm really like, ugh, that sucks. But it was nothing like what that we said sucked. Like we we were on ball, everything like that. It's just that it was a technical issue. Every single other episode, because I've actually listened to, I re-listened to all the episodes. We did a good job, and I think we really need to. I think we I we did a I think we did a really good job, and I think we deserve to be proud of ourselves for what we did. I'm pretty excited about how far we've come like how many more like just how big we how much more we grew comparative yeah because it was like we didn't even just double and we actually like quadrupled almost yeah well we we went from a thousand like around christmas to four thousand like now in september yeah yeah i'm pretty i think we we we, i think we kind of are getting our feet yeah. On the ground. A little bit. Which is nice. What do you guys think? Do you think we're starting to kill it? I hope you do. Please let us know in the You're comments. You're really the ones who matter. Just tell us. Write reviews about us and be honest in the reviews. Uh, before we leave, uh, is there any episodes coming up in the first half that you're looking forward to? I'm particularly excited about the Soviet-Afghan war episode. Although that's not the first half, is it? It is the first half. Good. Because it's December. That's what I thought. Um, I'm most excited about that one. Just, it's my jam. <laughs> I don't know what else to say. Um, for those of you who don't, haven't figured it out or don't know, I'm a bit of a Russophile, so pretty excited about this season. <laughs> uh, I hate you though, Putin, so not you. Don't love you. If you're listening to this, stop. Yeah. Now. Go away. Please stop. Get out of here. Hi, KGB, or whatever they're called. FSB. FSB. Um, yeah, we're definitely banned from Russia now. Uh, the episode I'm actually really looking forward to is... I I do want to say the Berlin Wall. Yes, we're covering the collapse of the Berlin Wall. Can we use David Hasselhoff? Oh, God, yeah. Yes. We're using that as the outro yes. all the way. Yes. I, that was, like, anyway. But I also have to say the Romanian Revolution because... Half, okay, you can't see, but... Um, I'm dancing to a David dancing Hasselhoff song David, in my head. It's yeah. no big deal. Um, but uh, am, that one will be pretty cool. Uh, yeah, and the reason why I'm looking forward to it is because uh, part of my ancestry is from Romania. And I don't know anything. I don't know a lot about Romania, even the revolution. Full disclosure, most, of, most if not all of my family were not in Romania by the time <laughs> the revolution happened. We were all in Canada by like the 19... Like my great-grand... My great... Yeah, my great-grandmother was born in 1919 in Montreal, and she's the first-born Canadian, so on her, on my dad's side of the family. But yeah, if for those of you who want to know, Petruic is Romanian. Other interesting fact, the reason why we're named Petruic is because we used to be named Petrie, and the story that has been going around is we changed our name to Petruic is because Petrie sounded too Russian. <laughs> so we changed it. Okay. Romanians and... Russians don't get no, along too well. Don't. Neither do the Hungarians and the Romanians, but that's a whole different ballgame. Another thing is uh, I want Excuse to bring me. back in it what's an interesting fact you learned mm. 
during the week. We're scrapping good news, going back to Well, we can keep, facts. no, we can kind of go back and forth if we want to. Like, say, if, like, you have good news instead of an interesting fact, you can say good news. I'm most likely going to have an interesting fact, unless something like really good news. And the good news for this week is, you probably already saw it on the Panastoria page, they found a fossil of a dinosaur with all of its organs still intact. That's pretty incredible. Kevin is super stoked. He was speechless, people. Speechless. I and I'm I'm also very adamant he I saw a tear. He he denies it, but he was definitely crying. He would deny that, but he's He was definitely I heard a sniffle, I heard a cry. He's a big softie. He cries. And you know what, people, he may be a diva, but he really does have a heart of gold. And he's very sweet. And likes sweets. If you saw him gouge on M&M's. But anyway. He learned that from me. My dad and I are still working on that bag, by the way. <laughs> we barely put it in. I would hope so. Oh, dear. <laughs> a big fucking bag. So, anyway. It was a kilogram of M&M's. It's too much. I think that's a good place to stop. Probably. I'm probably going to cut down quite a bit of this, but you know. So There was a lot about weddings and religious ceremonies. I think that's... Well, here's the thing. It's like we made fun of It's like, things. wow, we're not talking about communism. But What's I think, I think if we're, well, I, yeah, I think if we're, uh, if we're talking about other nonsense, we're on the right track, <laughs> right? Okay. And I mean, hopefully what we talked about was interesting. We get a lot of good reviews. Like people, I get a lot of good feedback about other nonsense. I haven't really gotten a lot about it. Not that people haven't been listening. I just haven't really gotten. Right. I, I know Ian and Matt listen to it. Chris listens to every, everything we've done. Are there stoplight emojis? I don't know. Okay. Okay. <laughs> uh, Continue. Yeah, we'll, 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 we'll leave it there. But um, <laughs> My deep so... philosophical question about spot... <laughs> stoplight emojis. I'm leaping that in. Uh, so Please hopefully do. if things go well. Oh, by the way, happy Thanksgiving. <laughs> um, other good news, starting a Pandastoria Twitter account. Yeah. Um, happy Thanksgiving, everyone. Uh, in Canada, to Canadians. It's Canadian Thanksgiving is next. Is literally a week from when we're recording this. I will be away in Victoria during that time. Hopefully, by the, when I get back on the Tuesday, we'll there are stoplight emojis. Yes, uh, we will be back and we will be ready to record our first episode, <laughs> which is about the Polish Solidarity Movement, which is basically, I mean, it's basically the the part where the spark hit the powder keg. For liberalization in Eastern Europe, I would say. Yeah. I mean the 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 what is it? The fuse had been going for a while, but that was when it finally hit the powder keg and started, you know, going <coughs> going from keg to keg. To I mean, keg. yeah. I would. Yeah. That's just my argument, but you'll see why. No, I agree mostly. <clears throat> I'm just thinking about the Hungarian stuff in the yeah fifties, but. Well, yeah. Different. But I mean, like, in terms of, like, directly. Different anyway. It's a different yeah. Anyway. Um, so, <coughs> hopefully that'll be out by the 21st. We'll see. I mean, I'm probably going to, we're probably going to record this maybe on a Friday or Saturday, and I'm just going to rush through it, <coughs> as I usually do. I've gotten good at that. So, yeah, we've been going on a while. I think this is a good p- place to stop. Lindsay's tired. Yes. And so, yeah, that's, uh, let us know what you guys think of this. If we're blabbering on too much, like you won't hurt. As long as you're nice, you won't hurt our feelings. If you're like, uh, you're talking too much. No, you'll hurt our feelings. 
Okay. We're doing this podcast to talk as much as we fucking want. No, I'm just kidding. It's true. But just let us know if you like it. So this will be cut down, obviously. But Um, anyway. Rate, review, subscribe. Give us money on Patreon. If you can. If you can. Share our episodes. And this will be a good opportunity to catch up. And follow us on social media. If you don't already, we're on Facebook and Instagram at, at Pan Historia Podcast. Soon to be on Twitter at the same handle. <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah. Rocking out. Okay, bye. Thank you guys so much. Have a good night. <laughs> <laughs>